0: Listener, welcome to Across the Bifrost, where we explore the world of Marvel's mighty Thor. I am your host, Ryan Doe, and I am thrilled to be with you on this episode today. We are talking Thor, Mjolnir, and Captain America. We are going to do a July 4th-themed crossover episode. We brought on a special guest Rick Verbonis from the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. We are talking about the first time that Captain America, Steve Rogers, held Mjolnir. We are going to dig into Mighty Thor, issue 390, where that event occurs. We're going to talk some MCU. And we're going to discuss this deep philosophical view of what it means to be worthy. We have a great time with Rick on that interview. Then later on, we are going to break down the super eventful episode of low key episode four. The episode was called the Nexus event. And believe me, it was eventful. So we talk with another, one of our rotating reviewers coming in to talk low key with me. Very excited for that as well. Also at the end, don't skip the outro. Do not skip the outro, because we have a special story time later on in the episode with Dan the Articulator that is related to Captain America. It's going to be awesome, so don't skip out on the end of the episode. If you are a new listener to Across the Bifrost today, we are so glad to have you. We have tons of episodes now that you can go back and listen to. Go back and listen to some Throwback Thursday. Go back and listen to some of our interviews, our top fives, our low-key reviews. We would love for you to go back and do that as you're doing that go subscribe to the show on iTunes. Give us five stars. Give us a review. Tell us what you enjoyed about the show. We want to be a podcast of the people. We want to give you what you want. If it's store related, we want to give it to you on this show. Those are the ways you can support us. We're very excited for this episode. Very, very excited. So let's get into it with our interview with Rick Verbonis. Okay, everybody, here we go with this week's interview. We are breaking down a crossover issue of Thor with some Captain America. There's going to be some Mjolnir talk. I'm really excited to do this today, especially for uh, kind of a July 4th themed issue of this podcast. I brought in a special guest who is a favorite podcaster of mine. He is Rick Verbonis. He runs the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. And uh, yeah, he's on the show today to talk Cap and Thor with us. How's it going, Rick?
1: Doing well, Ryan. Thanks for having me on.
0: Appreciate you uh, making the time for this, Rick. I I just wanted to uh, give people a little bit of an introduction uh, of you before we jump into uh, some comics and then some MCU talk. You uh, are in, I believe, still in the first year of running your Captain America podcast. Is that right?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. We started at the very end of last year, um, the last week of December. And it was something uh, I've been wanting to do for, for a little while. Um, you know, funny story is, is this, this was, really came out of the fact that uh, I started a, a Captain America comic book fans Facebook group and in right around the beginning of the pandemic so this was in april of 2020 and it just took off it took yeah. off uh you know we're we're close to uh i get i must say we're around 4000 members right now um Jeez. and uh, a lot of a lot of creators too a lot of uh captain america uh comic book writers and artists and um and then creators that are just captain America fans. So it's kind of cool. Um, we even have, we even have Reb Brown, which, um, for the, for the older cap fans out there, they would know that's the, the actor who played captain America in the 1979 TV movie. So right. it's, a, it's a really cool group. And, um, so just decided from there to, to start a podcast. And, um, one of the, uh, uh, friends I made on the group, um, Bob Lucius, he, I, I approached him and he was like, well, Let's do it. And so, uh, you know, I, I kicked off the podcast and, um, yeah, for those who want to check it out, it's, uh, Captain America comic book fans. Uh, so you could find it on any platform. Um, but we, uh, we launched that. And I think right now, uh, this week, we've got episode 39 coming out, uh, this Wednesday. And, uh, we have a special guest, uh, Ron Garney who is a oh. uh, uh, artist uh, for Captain America for a few years. And of course he's been in, you know, Marvel comics for a long, long time. So, um, so we're excited to have him and, um, and that'll come out this Wednesday.
0: Awesome. Yeah. I, you guys release every Wednesday uh, on uh, on new comic book day. Uh, and uh, so listeners of this podcast, definitely go check out, uh, the Captain America comic book fans podcast i also really love uh i love bobs energy i love he comes in just so oh, yeah. uh, energetic all the time i
1: love it yeah yeah bobs great he's uh he's a great uh, host uh, co-host to have on the show and he, he brings a lot of good insight um you know he uh he asks some great questions for our guests so yeah he's he's a great partner
0: yeah you guys have uh you guys uh, really have a great show over there we are here to talk on Across the Bifrost about uh, Thor, Mjolnir, and a crossover with Cap. So I just wanted to overview uh, a little bit of a a, a 30,000-foot view of Cap and Thor's history. Um, Most people will know that Thor was a foundational member of the Avengers, and Cap is added to the team really early on in that Avengers run they have um, you know so many adventures in those issues of Avengers throughout the years and they've crossed over several times we are looking specifically today at the issue of Mighty Thor 390 and it's a special issue for Captain America fans as well as Thor fans Because this issue of Mighty Thor contains the very first time we see Steve Rogers lift the uh, legendary Asgardian hammer, Mjolnir. So I am going to just give you uh, listeners a brief overview of this story. And then Rick is going to kind of set the pace uh, for what was going on with Cap at the time when these issues were coming out. Just to fill us Thor fans in. And then we're just gonna break down uh, that moment of when Steve Rogers lifts the hammer. So this issue of Mighty Thor is a very simple story. Uh, We get to see Thor return to earth. He gets reacquainted with the Avengers. We get some really good moments of him just kind of being that fish out of water uh, because things have changed. He finds out that they have a base that can float now. They have the Hydra base. Uh, And Thor almost like decimates it with the hammer. That's kind of a fun moment. And then we get this really, uh, really awesome uh, quick conversation between Thor and Cap as they're walking along the beach. And Thor uh, gets the explanation that Captain America is no longer Captain America. He's going by the title The Captain. And Rick, I was hoping you could maybe give us some context. Why is Steve Rogers referred to as The Captain in this issue uh, in 1988 when this issue came out.
1: Sure. Yeah. And I can understand for those um, who didn't read Capcomics back then, and were like, well, what's going on? Um, well, so Mark Grunewald is the, uh, is the writer and, and, and he, he set, you know, an amazing uh, record of, of writing Captain America comics for like over 10 years. And this is, um, you know, during this time, uh, this was maybe like three to four years into his run. Uh, He had this story where Steve Rogers was approached by the United States government. um, And due to a technicality that he didn't die and he was still a uh, member of, of the military uh, essentially worked for the government. You know, they came to him and said, "Uh, we want you to, to work for us. Um, And he basically declined. he said, look, I, I represent the American dream, not the American government. And so Steve gave up the uniform, gave up the shield and, uh, uh, took on the persona at first he was, he was just not going to do anything, but Steve Rogers has got too much of a hero in him. So he, yeah. he, he basically said, okay, well, I'm, I'm still going to do what I need to do, but he did it in, in the, in as the captain, um, Tony Stark made him uh, uh, a really nice uh, shield replacement, and um, and that's kind of where we're at with this story. He he's been for a little time uh, known as the Captain.
0: Okay, so we jump into uh, this conversation with Thor and Cap. Kind of uh, they they get reacquainted. Uh, they they bring each other up to speed about what's going on uh, with uh, not only the Avengers but then. Uh, but just, you know, like what Rick just said, what's going on in Cap's life? And then we jump to Asgard. We see this big fight scene unfolding. The Warriors three are uh, facing down the, 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 the henchmen of Seth, the serpent god of death. They're able to, with the help of Balder and his legions, to uh, push off the enemy forces. And then we jump to the, uh, the villain of the issue, uh, named Seth. He is uh, planning on attacking Asgard again, and he sends a henchman of his, Grog, to basically figure out where Thor is because Thor was not at this this battle that had just taken place. We then jump back to Thor and Steve Rogers. Thor is incredibly frustrated with the American government for uh, doing uh, this to Cap. For not sticking by him, and uh, we, we see Thor even like uh, he's saying, you know, that he needs to overthrow these madmen who have, you know, thrown out his friend like this. And I even love the there's a panel in here where Steve, you know, holds Thor back. And he's like, hey, whoa, big fella! Like, you slow down here. We don't need to. We don't need to do this." And then uh, Cap gives a little bit of a of an insight into what he and tony stark are going through at this moment and and rick even as i was reading this i don't i don't really understand the um the the tension here between cap and tony uh maybe uh if you could just elaborate for a second on that uh just to bring us up to speed in in this story
1: sure so in issue um this is okay this came out this store issue that you what we're reviewing came out uh, has a cover date of uh, April 1988. So right around uh this time um the Tony um is going through his own issues um where he's trying to track down um some stolen armor. So he goes to a um I can't remember the, uh, the the location, but there's um, armored guards there. Uh, I think okay. it's, I think it's, is it the raft? Um, it's one of those, one of those high security areas um, where. The super prisons? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, okay. you know, where the super villains are. Right. Um, and so he, he goes there and, and he, he's uh, caps there with him. Um, and he essentially uh, comes up behind cap and, and, and knocks him out. And uh, because he knows that Cap was was going to try to to stop Tony from um, uh, taking back some some information from from these guards that are using the armor. Okay. Um, and I can't remember the names of them right now. but uh, so he, he basically betrayed Steve. And um, so Steve really doesn't, at this point uh, with it, when this issue of Thor, he hasn't confronted Tony about this. Um, but he, he is, he does feel betrayed and he does want to, um, basically confront Tony, give him back the shield because he doesn't want it. Um, and there's an issue, uh, the same month where this comes out, uh, in Captain America issue 340, where the captain and his partners, uh, which are, um, Nomad, um, Falcon, D-Man, uh, they have to stop. This, this um, and the title is called Breakout, and they have to to stop uh, where Tony was um, because when he took away um, the the guardsman uh, materials, he he left basically the the place unguarded, and so now all these villains are breaking out. Uh, so okay. we have uh, a really cool cover, by the way, it's a, uh, it's a black cover. There's the captain. He's there. And then coming from the shadows behind him, you have, you have Mr. Hyde, you have Titania, um, you have uh, vibro and you have the Griffin. And then there's some other villains there as well. So it's um, so that kind of brings us to this point of, of why there's this tension between the two of them.
0: Okay. A uh, Mr. Hyde reference, a, a classic Thor villain as well. Yep. Uh, so, we see Steve Steve is recalling this, um, these, this tension to Thor, and, and Steve walks away with, with his head down low, and, and I really like what Thor has to say here about the, uh, about the captain. He says, I have never known a mortal as honorable and noble as Captain America. And, and I, that obviously comes ba- back in at the end of the issue. We then see uh, the forces of Lord Seth attack grog is uh grog is on the warpath and he is attacking the avengers hydra base thor begins a, a melee with him and cap jumps in i love i love how steve rogers jumps into the fight he says i hope you don't mind me jumping in thor uh so he jumps into the fight and we see from the black knights perspective one of the other avengers they they wonder oh where's where are cap and thor in this fight and then we get this big giant page where it's just Cap and just Thor fighting off all of these uh, soldiers. And then we get to the the ultimate moment of this issue. The reason why uh, Rick and I are breaking down this specific issue today. Thor is, uh, is detained by Grog and his henchmen. And Cap knows that if he could just get the hammer back to Thor, uh, they could, they could really turn the tide in this fight. And, Steve is grabbing for the hammer, and then he gets he gets dog by all these soldiers, and they think they've got him outmatched. And then this giant splash page uh, on on uh, page seventeen of this issue, we see a, a swing of the hammer from Steve Rogers as he lifts it, and all the soldiers go sprawling everywhere. It is, I mean, it is truly an awesome, uh, an awesome one page panel. Uh, we see Steve thinking to himself, this is almost unbelievable. Somehow I'm able to lift Thor's hammer with others far stronger than, when, when others far stronger than I couldn't even budget. We see Steve throw the hammer back to Thor, and Thor, with the use of his hammer, is able to defeat Grog, and they, and they send the forces of Seth back uh, to uh, where they came from. They capture Grog black knight uh, even says he's going to send him to one of the super villain prisons after this big moment of mjolnir being lifted by steve rogers we get this awesome conversation between steve and thor about really what i believe to be the the concept of worthiness and thor even says that they were quickly erased when you lifted mjolnir the the forces of seth for only a man man or god worthy pure of heart and noble of mind could have done so steve says it was quite an experience for me as well this is a one special weapon thor i envy you thor then says uh, a really a really awesome thing here to steve that really speaks to their friendship a sacred bond unites all those who have ever been pleasured privileged to wield mjolnir a bond which stretches far into eternity I salute you, Captain, and Steve Rogers replies with, I hope I'll always be worthy of that honor and privilege, my friend. There is uh, so much. Yeah, there's so much in that. I mean, uh, the author, Tom DeFalco, really writes some inspiring dialogue here for these two friends. And especially at, at this point, as you said, this point in in Cap's life and his struggles that he's been experiencing it probably it feels really good to have one friend that will stand by you. Uh, I just wanted to a- ask you, Rick with this moment being the first time that cap wields the hammer, what do you think uh, as a cap fan makes Steve Rogers truly worthy of this honor?
1: Wow. That's a great question. I, I would say, I mean, there's so many attributes to Steve Rogers um, and, and really, you know, I'm a Steve Rogers fan. Uh, you know, he's my, my favorite fictional character of all time. And, and I think it's because of his attributes. I think it's because of his integrity, his morality, his honesty, his, his being uh, brave, his being empathetic. He, he stands up uh, against bullies. He, he has determination. He'll, he'll, he doesn't back down. He, uh, uh the drive that he has. I mean he's he really is um you know a a character I think that is the moral exemplar in in the in the Marvel universe.
0: Yeah I, I I've always personally thought of Cap as he's like the conscience of the Marvel universe. He's he's the one that he's kind of that moral guidepost. If if Cap is, if, if Steve Rogers is against something, that would probably make other other people think twice about maybe uh, other heroes think twice about doing something. He he's he's very much a leader in that way because he's not the most powerful hero ever. Correct. There, um, with this scene at the end of the issue, I think I noticed as we were reading through that, and just uh, giving a quick overview that. Cap doesn't want the hammer for himself he just wants it to get it back to Thor I mean at the end of the day this is a Thor comic and Thor gets the you know the heroic moment at the end but I I really think it speaks to his uh, his, like you said his integrity and also their friendship Um, that has extended through the years you know all the way back in the beginning of Avengers and especially through to what we've been able to see in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I know you are a, a comic books guy, but I did want to dig into Thor and Cap's relationship in the the movies, and then that that awesome ultimate moment uh, at the uh, the climax of Endgame. So we're gonna jump into some movie talk, if that's okay with you, Rick?
1: Yeah, no, that's cool. I, I listen. I I love. the the mcu uh you know as a as a long lifelong captain america fan you know we we weren't always very cool right uh yeah and so so there was you know comic comic geeks comic nerds whatever whatever we were called back then uh you know you're already getting picked on but then there was a hierarchy in captain america i mean uh, in in comic book fans too right so so the 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 Batman fans, the Wolverine fans, the Punisher fans, they, they look down on us, Captain America fans. You know, we, <laughs> yeah. we, we were the good at two shoes, the, the Boy Scout, whatever. So the MCU, when, when you know, almost 10 years, well, you know, right around this week, 10 years ago, yeah. uh, first Avenger came out. Um, and it does my heart good these last 10 years to see kids, teenagers, adults walking around with Captain America logos on their on their t-shirts and their hats and their backpacks and uh cap's cool and so a lot of that has to do with the mcu so trust me man i'm a big fan so let's let's get to it
0: yeah so uh the first interaction we get to see of thor and cap in uh in a movie is the first avengers movie we get to see the 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 fight scene that is originally between thor and iron man but then cap Cap comes into the middle of this fight, and it is so crazy that a man who, like, yes, he he's got superhuman peak physical abilities, he has he has a shield and he has a soldier super uh, super soldier serum, and he stands in between uh, one of the most uh, you know uh, technical and and machine uh, proficient superheroes, in Iron Man, and then a, a literal god. And he is the one that tells Thor to put the hammer down. That is such a, uh, a bold statement coming from Steve Rogers. When you saw first Avengers, Rick, did that moment like, did that moment resonate with you at all?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it you know, it harkened back to some, some comics where, you know, Thor respects Steve Rogers Right, I mean, he he admires him, he uh, and and so to me that scene kind of set that, you know, it's kind of like wow, who who's this mortal talking to me like this, and um, and so I think it it was the beginning of earning Thor's respect.
0: Yeah, the next the next, uh, I mean, obviously throughout the rest of Avengers, we see them. Uh, we see them fight alongside each other, and uh, then there's this small little cameo in the middle of Thor: The Dark World that I absolutely love, and it, it really has nothing to do with Mjolnir. But when Loki does the 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 he's shifting through different uh, visages to to kind of mess with Thor, and one of them is Chris Evans as Steve Rogers. That moment in Thor: The Dark World made. Oh, it just made me roll. Uh, it, when you saw Dark World for the first time, did that like take you by surprise to see your guy in a Thor movie?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. And I got to tell you, it worried me a little bit. And, and I'll t- explain okay. why. Um, because uh, I knew that Chris Evans had signed a, a certain amount of uh, movie deal, right? He had a certain amount of movies that he was going to be in. And I was like, oh no, I hope they don't count this really small scene as one of the movies. You know, (laughs) so I was just kind of being a little selfish, but, but, uh, but the scene itself was fun. I mean, obviously, you know, it shows him being, uh, you know, it it shows that Loki doesn't have a ton of respect for
0: him. Oh my gosh, I just, I, I love that. Like, it's so tight, but I can feel the 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 surge of righteousness. Right. (laughs) Um, Then, uh, obviously, the the next big movie we get with the two of them is the Age of Ultron Avengers movie, and. Uh, though that movie is full of great moments of them, again, fighting alongside each other. There is one small but significant moment where all the Avengers, at the beginning of the movie, they've they've already uh, captured uh, the weapons in the Hydra base and they've defeated uh, Baron Strucker. We see them all sitting around a coffee table and they start kind of throwing these... I wouldn't say insults, but they're, you know, uh, they're, they're questioning Thor. Like, Hey, is that the whole, like, you gotta be worthy to lift the hammer thing. It's just like a trick. Hawkeye says like, it's, it's a trick. Then they all go around and they try it. And Steve is the only one that can even get the hammer to budge. And you see that brief moment of Thor being like, Oh, Oh, like he's worried for a second.
1: Right.
0: Take us to like Rick watching that moment. Uh, in in the in the theater what is your reaction to that small little nod
1: so it's a great scene it's a funny scene right Absolutely. because the the way it's the the edits and the cuts you know they go from like you know tony you know uh, trying to do it with his with his iron man gauntlet right and and you see yeah. other people trying to do it so it was kind of a funny scene and then when you see steve go over and he and he picks it and it moves a little and you see thor's Instant concern. <laughs> um, I, 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 I would say I, I was I was torn. It was like part of me was disappointed because I knew in the comics that Steve can lift a hammer. Yeah. Uh, so as part of me was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be great when Steve exactly. does it. And so I, I, I was a little disappointed when he didn't. And, um, and I, and I did wonder. I did wonder. It was like, well, why, you know. Did, It moved a little like you know i don't understand why but uh you know like why would why would he move it just a little if not all of it or none of it you know what i mean uh and of course we find out later right uh you know why um why that happened uh because steve (laughs) steve's a great guy and he didn't want to embarrass thor (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh gosh it's great he just like he he, tr- he tries for like a few seconds he's like oh, well you know what can you do you know just and he moves along and that i just i love that moment uh i think when i saw that in the theater i'm sitting with obviously a bunch of fans of uh, 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 both characters and i think we all had that collective moment like oh oh wait are they gonna are they gonna do this and then you kind of forget about it at the by by the end of the movie you know with the the big battles at the end right but then we get to see both of them they both go on their own solo adventures uh cap goes off to to civil war and and that is a phenomenal uh, movie and then uh thor goes on to his best movie Ragnarok yep and they the and the next time they meet is at the climactic battle in Wakanda at the end of Infinity War. And uh, Cap has his big moment where, where he, he rallies all the troops and they charge into the, uh, into the forces of Thanos and the Black Order. And then Thor shows up in his dramatic fashion uh, with uh, the big uh, lightning display and you know causing that ripple of energy out that gets rid of all the, the, the monsters. And they have this small little interchange. Uh, I just, that I just love Thor just being like, "Oh, I see you copied my beard," Mm -hmm. right? And and then uh, Thor introduces uh, Steve Rogers to Groot and uh, Rocket, which is just so good. And Steve has such a Steve response. He's like, you know. when Groot says, "I am Groot," and he's like, "I am Steve Rogers."
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, what did you think of that interaction? There, just that small interaction at the end of Infinity War.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love seeing the personality of Steve come out, you know. And there's, you know, a little bit of corniness here and there, you know. And like you said, when he says to Groot, you know, you know, I am Steve, you know, and, uh, you know that that's really fun. I mean, it uh, kind of harkets back to. You know his innocence in a way you know um when it comes to certain things like you know back in the first avengers movie where uh they're all sitting around on the shield helicarrier and you go and uh, someone talks about the wizard of oz and he's like i got that reference <laughs> i got you know? that reference <laughs> yeah you know and so uh yeah I, I love any scene that that shows uh some some personality uh from about steve
0: well, and I think I, I, just a small, a small little uh, s- a side side note here. I think it. He, Steve is so genuine, like right. he he he's just he is always he's always Steve Rogers. I, I think oftentimes it's it's overlooked a little bit, um, maybe for movie fans, uh, probably not for for co- deep comic book fans. That Steve really never believes his own hype in the movies. He's at the end of the day, he's just a kid from Brooklyn. You know right. what, what he says, you know, uh, you know, so often in those movies, and I really appreciate his, his humility and his genuineness. I That's one of the reasons why I, I really love the character of Steve Rogers as well.
1: I mean, and, and, and it goes back to, you know, he didn't lift the hammer on purpose. Right. Yeah. I mean, like yep. how, how great a guy is that? Like he could, yeah. and he could be like, you know, Hey, you know, and, and show everybody up and, uh, and you know, embarrass Thor, but you know that that that's not his nature, that's not his style, you know and uh you know it just I think it just goes to further prove you know just you know how you know the how good a guy he is
0: yeah, like he he doesn't he doesn't need to prove he doesn't need to prove that he's better than Thor because i think I think deep down like or maybe not so deep down if if we were all honest, like who is more worthy? of lifting mjolnir than steve rogers like when it comes to superheroes in the marvel universe
1: right and there's been a few i mean there's been a few steve's not alone right yeah. so i mean obviously recently you had jane foster um you've had uh, i think storm yes um and then there's been some alternate universe versions uh, uh of people who've lifted the the sh- the the Mjolnir is uh you know I think Black Widow maybe did it in an alternate reality, I mean yes. heck I think Squirrel Girl did it in an alternate reality so he definitely did yeah um so you know and obviously we're missing a big one Beta Ray Bill right so yes um yeah but a- as far as you know I mean anyway, hey I'm biased I'm gonna say yes. Steve Steve's the most worthy of all of those
0: and, and you should be <laughs> speaking of. Steve lifting the hammer, uh, full on, all the way. We come to the final fight of Avengers Endgame, and just something I wrote. I only describe this uh, scene in the movie in my notes one way. I just call it the moment. Sure, it is. In my opinion, it is the coolest, most jump out of your seat moment of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is. I remember when I was sitting in the theater, um, people were jumping out of their seats, yelling, fist bumping, at, uh, at, at just just a kid from Brooklyn grabbing this magic hammer. Like out of context, it sounds insane, <laughs> but he 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 gets this moment and he goes to town on Thanos. Like there, yep. Did the theater go absolutely bonkers where you were at when you saw this?
1: funny story ryan so okay um all right so i have i have two kids um that uh teenagers and they uh much to my chagrin they did not have get a they did not develop a love for comic books they they read them a little bit um and they it seemed like they were getting into them and then they didn't but they did develop a love for the genre. They did develop a love for, so that when we see the movies, the TV shows, you know, they know they can't watch it without that. Right. Yeah. Like that's our thing. So when we, uh, when we go to these, you know, usually it's, it's me and, and my fiance and, and my, my two kids and we're sitting in the theater and it's opening night, of course. Right. And, and that particular scene that you just described happens. And all of a sudden, you know where thor's got uh you know the uh thanos is pushing the blade into his chest you see mjolnir moving yeah and then it goes into cap's hand and i will tell you <laughs> i yelled out <laughs> yes real <laughs> loud and it, and because and i was the first to yell cuz like i was like an instant reaction like i think a lot of people oh. like it took a second for them to like to grasp what was happening but because exactly. i knew what was that, that this was something that should have happened a while back but it didn't you know and i and i knew from the comics i it, i just had an instant reaction so it goes through his hand and i just yell yes and and then <laughs> there's all awesome. this laughter and then an eruption of of cheers and oh, uh yeah. and and the funny thing is i still get chills Right? When I when I see that scene, when I see him battling Thanos with it, when I see it come back into his hand and uh, he says, Avengers assemble, oh. I still get chills and all of that.
0: Yeah, it, it, honestly, I, I if anyone can try to challenge me on a cooler moment, try your best. But I mean, I, I, I quite literally leapt out of my seat. And was just fist pumping like my team had just won the Super Bowl, right. like it, it was such a like you said, I, we we still have emotional reactions and, and and you know even goosebumps watching that scene and that movie came out years ago, like that that is that is you know, it's already happened it's not still happening to us and I I just think that is that is such a great climactic moment of that movie and and even even thor even thor says it he's like i knew it like, yeah I yeah ju- i knew it and and we see uh you know we see cap you know go go to town on thanos and uh and then even when they when they uh they split back up a little bit thor says you know like no you can have the little one
1: <laughs> right yeah
0: he's gonna stick with stormbreaker but yeah that 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 really um was a significant moment and i i really just want to wrap this up rick by getting your opinion kind of encapsulating this whole conversation of steve rogers uh in this this test of worthiness and how it kind of bonds him and thor together if you have any final thoughts about about this uh, great you know lineage of lifting the hammer and being worthy
1: I see what you did there, Ryan. Encapsulate, <laughs> right? I see <laughs> oh, what you I did. Oh, I didn't even do that on purpose. Ah, it's good. Oh, wow. Um, fly. So, yeah, I, I I could say that you know early on in in the comic book uh, career between the two characters, Thor, it, there was a mutual respect, right? Um, yeah. But to have, but then again, Cap respects a lot of people. Thor doesn't, right? I think there's only yeah. a handful of of mortals that they're up there and, and Steve's one of them. And that, and that's been something that's been early on. So they've, they've had, um, you know, obviously in the Avengers, a lot of stories together, but, but in their own books, Cap and Thor, there's been some stories uh, where they've crossed over and and those are fun. And maybe we can talk about those someday, but the, uh, but yeah, I I think it comes down to the fact that, you know, Steve is worthy. And um, you know, it reminds me of a conversation that I had, um, uh, with professor, uh, Mark D white. Um, and he's the, the author of, um, a book called virtues of captain America. He's actually a, um, a professor of philosophy and, uh, had a nice conversation with him about, um, why cap is worthy and how, and whether or not, um, a fictional character can be a role model. And, uh, and that's, that's sort of one of the mottos that, that I have and, and, uh, you know, many people on my Facebook group have, and that is, what would Cap do? You yeah. know, when at the end of the day, you know, if you have a question, what would Cap do? And so, uh, so, so, to me, you know, I think that's what it's all about. It is, is the um, the mutual respect between the characters and the fact that that Steve uh, is worthy of that.
0: Yeah, there, there, there's I, I I second and agree with everything you just said there, and, it, and even t- it takes me back to. What we looked at in Thor 390 when when Thor says there is not a more honorable mortal than Captain America Steve Rogers. and I think for for Thor and as guardian you know uh, God to say that is just the utmost respect and you're right Thor does not respect everybody as I'm as I'm going issue by issue through the history of Thor, he definitely does not respect everybody. you have to earn his respect. And I think Cap doesn't Cap doesn't achieve that by his physical prowess or his you know his godlike powers. He does that by the quality of man he is. And I just um, I I think I, I I agree with you so much. Like I believe fictional characters can be a role model, and I think that's a good maybe metric with decision making. You know what what would, what would Captain America do uh, with this decision? Um, I think that's a good maybe lesson for our listeners to walk away with today's episode rick before uh we sign off here uh just go ahead and plug you and uh you and bob's podcast one more time so our listeners uh, for sure know where to find it and know what to do
1: uh, thanks ryan I-, I would say uh if you on whatever platform you're listening on now uh just do a search for captain america comic book fans and uh and we are there uh so like i said um episode 39, I want to say is coming out uh, Wednesday and um, we've got so many more planned. Um, you know, we come out every Wednesday, new comic day, as you mentioned um, we do at least one interview a month. Um, so last month we had Tom Brevoort on uh, Tom. Uh, not only was the 14 year uh, editor for Captain America but um, he's also the executive VP of publishing for Marvel so he had some great stories yeah. uh, to talk about um, I mentioned Mark White the philosopher we had uh, artists like Mike Perkins uh, George's Genty Joe Rubinstein um, we had uh, some great writers like uh, JM Damateus and I've got, I got some, some, some cool guests lined up that I, I can't wait to tell people about. So uh, you can check us out there. And then if you're on Facebook uh, again, do a search for captain America comic book fans and, uh, and, and come, uh, come hang out with some cat fans that we, we, uh, we have a lot of
0: fun. Awesome. Thank you, Rick. Everybody go and follow that group on Facebook. Listen to the podcast. It is uh, just a complete, uh, just awesome look at the, character of captain america thank you very much rick we'll check you later and see you down the road
1: sounds good thanks for having me on
0: before we leave you today listener we are going to talk about episode four of loki the episode is entitled the nexus event and man, I feel like the word "event" is so uh, appropriate because this episode was eventful. So much happened in this episode, and I brought in one of rotating guests to talk, Loki. I brought Michaela to talk with me about this episode. So, Michaela, how's it going today?
2: Uh, it is going very well. Very nice weekend, uh, and I'm just so excited to be watching more and more Loki every week.
0: <laughs> yes, we are so close to being done, but so much happened in this episode. We are going to try and cover most of it uh, in the next few minutes, but I wanted to just get your impressions. What were some of the things that jumped out at you from this episode? I mean, I really don't get what wouldn't jump out at you from this episode, <laughs> but what, what what were you thinking as you were watching this uh,
2: episode four? Um... Just two words, honestly: emotional roller coaster. <laughs> emotional roller coaster. Yeah, yes. <laughs> like the amount of different emotions I felt. Just, oh my goodness, it was so overpowering.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what was so? What was the most? Uh, okay, well let's let's go with this. What? <laughs> speaking of the roller coaster, we'll mm-hmm. we'll use that as our imagery. What was the highest high point for you in this episode? Uh, the moment that point. you felt the best.
2: Uh, I wouldn't say best, but just the okay. most like wow moment for me was just okay when uh they realized that the timekeepers were just like not real, you know, just like They're... robots basically, yeah, you know? I mean, yeah. Wh-
0: so, I mean, that moment was obviously huge. And mm-hmm. uh, and uh, if you haven't seen episode four of Loki, we just pulled the huge <laughs> thing for you so. <laughs> Uh, listener beware, I guess. Uh, Yeah. We learned that the timekeepers end up, they're just androids. They're just robots, you know, that are, uh, uh, we assume someone is still behind them because it's Mm -hmm. episode four and they just killed off the timekeepers. And that all comes at the end of a really long, cool fight scene with Sylvie and Loki and then Renslayers in there. Uh, Really cool fight scene there. What was the lowest you felt in this episode? Uh,
2: the lowest for me. Um, definitely the very end, uh, before the credits started rolling, uh, when uh, they pruned Loki. Or, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, if you're a Loki fan, obviously, it's not a new thing to see him, you know, get killed off obviously yeah we've seen it so many times in the mcu but just every time it's just another low blow to if, us fans
0: <laughs> now now so you mentioned the cut scene mm-hmm. so i'm gonna tie that in with you know that moment where loki gets pruned
2: mm-hmm.
0: um well, when, before you'd seen the cut scene were you like oh my gosh <laughs> we're done <laughs> seeing loki for the like w- like w- did you buy it or were Um, you like okay there has to be a reason there has to be something here that's going on
2: yeah logically uh i knew that it probably wasn't the end of him because the series is called loki like he's going to be involved in some way shape or form it would be really weird if he wasn't yeah but like the emotional part of me like my mind was racing a thousand miles an hour like oh my goodness like what are they going to do now like how is this how is this going to play out like oh my goodness
0: yeah, honestly yes. i was that i had that exact same like frantic like oh my gosh oh my <laughs> gosh no please god no yeah uh, and then you just see the look on sylvie's face and you're like um yeah <laughs> what in the hell is happening yeah <laughs> i think for me lowest moment is when Mobius gets pruned.
2: That too. That was another low moment for me.
0: And he talks about the jet ski again.
2: Yeah. Get this man his jet ski. Yeah, I just
0: (laughs) I imagine that I had a jet ski and that's his last thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh and and uh and we'll get into like theories going forward in a minute or two. Mm -hmm. But the, the kind of the chase scene throughout the TVA that ends with, you know, Mobius getting pruned in the middle of that, we get a cameo from Jamie Alexander, the actress that plays lady Sif. Yes. When, when Sif shows up, I'm not going to lie. Michaela, my mind was so <laughs> blown by that. Cause she is one of my favorite characters from the Thor movies. Mm-hmm. And when she shows up, I'm like, Oh my gosh this was a special part of this episode and up until about halfway through the episode she was the special part mm-hmm. but then she got like quickly drowned out by like everything else happening yeah but when she shows up you know what what uh were you shocked by that what what did seeing sif show back up in a thor related title you know like what emotion did that bring out of you
2: uh that was one of the moments where my jaw literally hit the floor i was like oh my goodness i never thought you know i'd see you again like in this context like what, what's happening i was right? so happy to see her
0: and then like they do this weird like his punishment is he has to face Sif like over and over, <laughs> and, over and over and over and over again and, the wrath uh, of stiff. <laughs> he just he, he gets punched and slapped and kicked in the nuts and it was just like you know uh, well initially when I see that red door Mm-hmm. When they brought up that red door, I was like, oh, uh, that that door doesn't look like it leads to anywhere good. Yeah. <laughs> and then you Sif, uh, Sif is Loki's punishment, which is so unique and interesting. Mm-hmm. Was there any other thing from the episode that really jumped out at you or to, to use our to use our roller coaster analogy, mm-hmm. anything that like set you upside down, like it was very confusing to you and you weren't really show, sure what to do with it.
2: Um, definitely when uh us as viewers kind of found out that uh Sylvie and Loki kind of like you know like they've fallen for each other or that yeah felt like however you wanna word that you know yeah themselves.
0: it's like what what do you call it when you fall in fall in love with yourself, but it's like a different <laughs> version of you, yeah, hmm. I'm think, sure <laughs> we gotta'm sure to there's that. a word out there somewhere <laughs> yeah. Well then at the end, uh, you know, we'll just kind of talk about what we expect going forward. At mm-hmm. the end, the cutscene of this episode, <sighs> we see four other versions of Loki mm-hmm. show up when uh, our Loki, Tom Hiddleston's Loki, wakes <laughs> up and he says, "Is this hell?" Uh, and I'm like, no, but you need to come with us now. And we see Kid Loki, uh, we see classic Loki, uh, a character that I, I've seen referred to as boastful Loki, the one that has the hammer
2: yeah. and then
0: alligator Loki, <laughs> which was so awesome. Yeah. What you, like, give me, give me your thoughts on that cutscene and where, where that might be going, you know, as we have only two episodes left.
2: Yeah. Um, I really hope we see a lot more from all these different Lokis. Maybe there's even more that we're yet to find out about. Um, I'm interested to see how Alligator Loki um, <laughs> plays into all of this, but, you know, I hope he gets a few speaking lines. I don't know. <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh. But yeah. it's
2: going to be so much fun to see how all this plays out.
0: That really needs to be the spinoff. We need yeah. an Alligator Loki spinoff show. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> so uh, with, with all of that being said, and only having two episodes left, we get... Uh, Loki gets pruned Mobius gets pruned The timekeepers are robots And we know other Lokis exist In this universe And we've actually seen them now So we're like oh okay There is that specific Loki and there's that Loki So much happened in this episode mm-hmm. uh, What do you expect Out of the last two episodes Of the show
2: Oh boy Um well, I've heard a lot from a lot of different sources and you. okay, uh, that give, us, King, give us the scoop, Michaela. Uh, King the Conqueror is going to come into this. Yes. Be behind at least a lot of this. So I really hope some big event, maybe Nexus event, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, helps uh, push this storyline further and, you know, create a lot more uh, excitement for us.
0: Listeners. You know, if you've been if you've been paying attention to our low-key reviews, I am a big, big believer that Kang the Conqueror is somehow behind all of this. Uh, and it sounds like, you know, Michaela's got some inside news that she knows she knows about. I'm sure she won't give up her sources, so don't reach out <laughs> to her on social. She won't give up her sources. Uh But. That would be so awesome if Kang the Conqueror is the reason why all this is happening and is the reason why other Lokis exist and they all get together. Uh, what anything else that you hope we get out of the last two episodes besides you know a possible Kang, uh, you know, reveal?
2: Hmm. Um, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, I just really hope Mobius gets his jet ski,
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> The man needs his jet ski. He does. Wouldn't that be the most perfect, you know, last image of the show? Him just riding off on like some lake. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. That would be perfect. Mm -hmm. I think think that is a good place to end this review with the picture of Mobius driving (laughs) away on his jet ski, getting the one thing he's always wanted. Uh, Michaela, thank you for joining us, Breaking Down, Episode 4. Hopefully we can get you back for the roundtable discussion we're gonna have at the end of Loki. Yeah, listener, this is the first you're hearing of about this awesome episode idea we've got for you. Hopefully we can get Michaela back for that and uh, maybe some more of those inside scoops that she's got. <laughs> uh, so Michaela, thank you for joining us. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you were able to do this.
2: Of course, thank you for having me.
0: Okay. Okay, everybody, before we get on the road today and we wrap up this Captain America themed episode of Across the Bifrost, I brought back on Dan the Articulator to share a very appropriate coincidental story that relates to our breakdown of Mighty Thor 390 that we did with Rick Rabonis, uh in the bulk of this episode. So I brought back Dan on and he is going to tell you guys the coolest story about that issue of Mighty Thor 390. Go for it, Dan.
3: Oh, yeah, of course. So, uh, actually came with a very uh, important trip to the comic store for me in my life, I guess. This 390 was the first comic book, period, I've ever owned. And, yeah, (laughs) when I saw you uh, post that shot of... The captain, we're going to call him for this issue. Yeah, yeah. When Thor's hammer, I was like, hey, I know where that's from.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's on my wall.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's on my wall in a frame. The, the original issue from 1987 with all the uh, ads from the 80s in it. <laughs> and I remember, like, we had gone to this comic shop just to kind of peek around. And they had a display of loose action figures. And there was... A Thor figure up there at the time that was kind of beat up, and you couldn't really find this one in Caldor or Kmart at the time. I guess you would have found, found it in the box. Nice. And uh, you know, I remember it being like twenty dollars, which that's a lot for a loose figure in nineteen ninety-five.
1: <laughs> <probably>. No joke.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, and I remember we took the trip, we saw that, and like my dad was like, "Oh, maybe next time." And you know, next time came around and he was able to pull it together and, and get me that toy, and this comic book, and like it, again, very monumental trip to the comic store for me because you know the birth of two of my biggest hobbies, you know, collecting toys and comics, and it happened to be this issue. So I was, I'm really, you know, we're we're recording this before the. The uh, you know, the issue, uh, the episode drops, so I'm yeah. really excited to listen to that. And yeah, I, I, have
0: got, I've got I've to gotta tell. I'm gonna definitely have to get back in contact with Rick and tell him about this just crazy coincidence story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I'm so I'm curious. When you're a kid, you're reading this comic and Cap lifts the hammer. Like mm. what? Like as a kid, like it's your first ever comic. Like did that like blow your mind?
3: So, my, you know, in our interview, we kind of talked about my dad, you know, singing the praises of Thor, basically, and, you know, telling me all about him. And this was my first time seeing him in print. And, you know, I remember being a little confused. Why is Captain America black and red? Yeah, yeah. Who is this guy in a purple cape and this knight looking guy, you know, that's Dr. Druid and Black Knight come to find out later. And, you know seeing it was a lot it's a very wordy issue and oh i remember gosh, yeah <laughs> yeah like being you know 5 or 6 at the time and reading that i could read the words but putting things together was a lot so i remember the pictures being really cool in the fight scenes and seeing thor you know hold his own and then captain america kind of be in there with him and you know knowing very little about thor at the time but just that Nobody can pick up Thor's hammer but Thor. And then turning the page and seeing that, <laughs> I was like, whoa.
0: <laughs> Wait, <laughs> so, we're already breaking the rules? <laughs> yeah, we're <laughs> already
3: breaking the rules. Dad, did you lie to me? You know? That kind of thing. but Everything
0: everything I know is a lie, Dad. <laughs> yeah,
3: exactly. Maybe, I mean, is his name even Thor? Like, what, what else is wrong? But it, anyway, it was really cool. And, you know, I always held on to this issue. Obviously, it's framed on my wall and, you know uh, that that between that picture and the you know the last time you see the captain and Thor in the comic, they're both holding the hammer together. Like that has always stuck in my head, and yeah. you know with those Avengers, you know with the Avengers movie and Thor, you know uh, Captain America picking up the hammer in that movie was like extra special to me because it was like oh, I was kind of there for that in the comics. I mean
0: that's awesome.
3: <laughs> so hey, well, yeah.
0: and that last. Rick and I talked a lot about that last page where Thor and and cap talk about their friendship and the bond that, that the bond that all who have wielded the hammer share Uh, it's, it's a powerful issue. And I'm so happy. I, we, we, we made it right into the deadline and and we got to share this story of Dan's first comic. So uh, parents out there, you never know what your kid's first comic is going to be. So just go ahead and buy them all the comics. Uh,
3: (laughs) yeah exactly right all and, the
0: loose action figures you can find
3: right and so, you know being an adult and seeing that now and knowing the story of like why the captain was in that suit and then yeah. also him holding the hammer it makes it that much more special because yeah he wasn't maybe feeling worthy to wear the red white and blue at the time but he was worthy enough to pick up thor's hammer and something to be said about that so
0: It's a phenomenal issue. I'm so glad we got to break it down in this episode. Uh, Speaking of this episode, we're very glad that you listened. Thank you for supporting the show. Just by listening, you can support the show. Other ways you can support the show is going to iTunes, subscribing, rating, reviewing the show, so that more people can find the show, more people can join us aboard the Rainbow Bridge as we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. Another way you can support us is following us on social media. We are at across the Bifrost on Instagram. We are at across Bifrost on Twitter. For those of you that may be joining us from the Captain America comic book fans podcast community, please go do all these things. Support us uh, just as you guys have you know, done such a great job of supporting Rick and Bob over at the Captain America comic book fans podcast. Thank you for joining us. If you were a new listener, we look forward to getting to uh, talk with you, chat with you, Reach out to us on social media, and we can't wait for you to join us aboard the Rainbow Bridge next time. Have a great rest of your day. Stay worthy, friends.